please, no! Buenos dias, mis amigos. Welcome to episode 17 of the Quarter Life Crisis podcast. I am your host, D-Rec, the 23-year-old suburban father with no wife or kids. Joining me today is Hunty, the guy with as many terrible hot takes as he has mimosas at brunch. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty good. I guess that I guess that means I have a lot of hot takes or terrible hot yeah, takes. I don't know. You have so many, you have so many terrible hot takes. It's hard to keep track of. Just like the amount of mimosas you have at brunch. I'm fine with the with that with that analogy. I'm okay with that. Speaking of mimosas, Hunter, what you drinking today? Not a mimosa. Um, if you were drinking that Canadian store. beer again, I'm gonna punch you. No, I am, but it's because I, I have to go to the liquor store tomorrow because I'm finally running out today. So I'm gonna go tomorrow and get some different. So disappointed in you. I know. Um, myself, who doesn't drink the same thing uh, for a month straight, uh, I've got some some smooth sail summer ale from uh, our boys over at Heavy Seas. It is a regular wheat ale with orange and lemon peel. So it's nice that now that it's finally getting warm, except for today, it was like 50 degrees, so it wasn't that good. But feel nice and summery, gets nice and light, and also that beautiful ASMR. I hate you. I, I will say, this is the only time I can ever get this beer. I can't get it anywhere else. But once I move, then I'll have be able to get it whenever I want. So it's definitely not going to be a, a, a continuous thing. It's also, like, not great. <laughs> it's I mean, fine. It's, it's good beer, but it's, like, not my choice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's my choice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Hunter, uh, are you excited to talk to me this evening? I'm excited to talk to you. Because... I'm always excited to talk to you. Okay, well, now you're just gross. Um, <laughs> first thing we want to talk about, uh, if you follow me on my social media, you know that I started doing this thing where I talked about um, some things in some popular movies uh, that I don't quite agree with. And uh, Hunter knows yeah. two of my favorite things in the world are movies and Miley Cyrus. So I'm introducing a new segment that we're going to do called seven things I hate about you. <laughs> oh, and we're going to go over um, seven things in a certain like movies, TV shows, whatever uh, that we don't particularly like. Okay. And uh, obviously the first thing we got to kick it off with is quite possibly one of the best uh, films, not only of our generation, but of our species. Uh, that being the original high school musical came out in, I think, 2005, 2006. I think Either way, been- neither of us were in high school, so we don't know what's going on. Hey, you don't know how old I am. Um, but on rewatches, uh, the movie does not hold up. Wouldn't you say so, Hunter? In terms of being really good? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's garbage. No, it's a terrible movie. It's like so one of the bad. worst movies ever. It's like, it's not even the sense of it's just, oh, it's a Disney movie and cheesy. It's just a bad movie. Like, it's bad even for a Disney movie. I don't know why everyone loves it so much. I mean, it's because it's a musical. It was the first Disney Channel mu- musical, like... Was it? Ever? I, at least for a long time. Um, oh, Disney anyways. Channel musical. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, probably. Uh, that really brought it back. But I'm gonna, I got seven things written down here that I quite frankly hate about the movie, and uh, I want to uh, hear your opinions on them, Hunter. Okay. So first of all, um, Zac Efron is not the v- singing voice of Troy in this movie. Um, it's, I believe, Drew Levy is the... Uh, is Drew Seeley. Drew Seeley. I don't know who Drew Levy is. Um, Drew Seeley is the singing voice for uh, Mr. Troy Bolton. And I don't think this would bother me as much if the lip syncing wasn't so gosh darn awful. Uh, what, are, what are your opinions on that one? Well, okay. So 
I know, like, I know when they first cast Zac Efron, they told him he needed to take, like, singing lessons to make his voice better. And then I've heard two different stories. I've heard both that he was too insecure to sing in the first movie, even though they wanted him to. So they got Drew Seeley to do the, to, to lip sync, they're like lip dub. But then I also heard that the, like, the producers didn't think he was ready either. So, like, I don't know what the full story is there, but I, I don't see for, they also could have taken, like, another year to make that movie. And like, I don't know, also made it better at the same time <laughs> as they waited for him to finish singing lessons. Like, I don't, I think it was like, I, I don't mind it, but I, I was like, this is why I had partially why I have trust issues. I felt so much betrayal when I learned that Drew Seeley did the songs for Troy Bolton, even though it's so obvious when you Well, it's like you listen, you listen to, you, I mean, Troy Bolton, or Troy Bolton, Zac Efron's never sang before that. So you mm. listen to the mo- movie the first time and you're like, oh, that's, a, that's cool. He's got a kind of a high voice, but that's pretty dope. And then you uh, watch the House Musical 2 and you're like, wait a minute. Well, and- also like, I, I can't imagine how those like kids felt <laughs> like the summer after or like the tour after the first movie came out and it's some random dude yeah it's not it's <laughs> Drew not Seeley just on stage and they're like who is this it's like where, where is my bullheaded baby i know um also the funniest part about this is like in the first part of a uh, break and free when um like the very first few lines soren flying that's actually zach efron but after when they go into the first verse they go back to drew Seeley. <laughs> Oh, so what? Is there just one portion of one song that he was good at? Dude, listen like, to it again. Like the very first part, you can very clearly tell it's not Drew Seeley and then it is Drew Seeley. <laughs> so, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's really dumb and I hate. I really hate it. That's that's like behind the scenes stuff. It doesn't really have that much to do with the movie. We love um, Kenny Ortega films. We Do we? <laughs> um, the next thing I want to talk about that I kind of hate is how big of a plot contrivance Troy and Gabriella meeting is. Um, <laughs> technically you can like say that any of these movies, it's like, Oh, of course he finds love of his life at his high school with a thousand people in it. Like whatever, like that, that's a plot contrivance. I'm okay with the plot contrivance. Yeah. I am not okay with is the fact that they apparently did not live in the same state before Gabriella moved. Yeah. And then they just happened. And like Troy's mom says something like we flew all this way or we came all this way for you guys to play basketball. So it, obviously they flew far away from I Albuquerque. In, I thought they were in like Colorado. Because maybe like they snowing. were maybe they were in Colorado, but like it's not in Albuquerque. Yeah. So they flew they went to another state and just mm. happened to be at the same place, which like, okay, maybe Gabriella was originally from there. But then she just happens to move to Troy's hometown where they go to the same high school. And mm. she she wasn't from that place. She just moved and vacationed around. <laughs> So I, I think that's a little ridiculous. Like they very easily could have had Gabrielle like be the new girl in Albuquerque and they're at some kind of like some, some kind of like community dance. party or school yeah. dance or something. It, it would have been so easy. I, and, and the part where they meet back up where like they, they find each other, Mrs. Darvis's homeroom class, and then they come out. And then there was that weird exchange where she's like, I don't. And then he interrupts and said, believe it. And then Gabriella says, Oh me. And then he interrupts and says either. And that's the only time in the movie that they do that. It's so weird and bad. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I think, okay. So I think the movie was really trying to emphasize this like idea of like, Oh, like, uh, cause okay. So you know how like people compare high school musical to Greece, right? Yeah. Well, Greece starts the same way. Does Uh, it really? Yeah. It starts where Danny Zuko and Sandy are on vacation 
like summer vacation and she she's not from his area and then she moves like they meet in on summer vacation they have this like love affair essentially and then they like break up when the summer's over so it's a little more fleshed out and then suddenly she moves to his hometown and goes to his high school hey hey were they having a blast that's where why do you think that song exists (laughs) (laughs) Um, no but that's so like i think it's like that same kind of thing that like uh discussing like how fate like follows you or like fate makes it be but i'm like i agree with you that i think it's really stupid how it's like it's like greece at least makes sense in the sense that like they had like a summer fling not like they met one night they sang sang some karaoke and it's never implied that they ever texted did they? I know. <laughs> they like they swap numbers but like and then he's like gabriella as she walks and then, away and then he's like shocked to see her he's like wow i haven't talked to you in so long i was like hasn't it been like a couple of days yeah right <laughs> I'm so con- how does your winter break work like i'm so confused oh god um okay number three on this list uh his i understand that sharpay is the antagonist of the movie um and i understand that like she's supposed to be the foil to whatever uh Troy and Gabriella do. Right. But the Ryan and Sharpay version of what I've been looking for is so much better than Kelsey's version. And that's even supposed though, to be the good version. Even though it's a little incestual. Okay, yeah, that's that's there are weird parts of that, but like Kelsey's version sound it doesn't sound like uh the the rehearsal pianist. It doesn't sound like that version was a sped up version of a slow song. It sounds like Kelsey's version is a really crappy acoustic version of a popular pop song. And it's just not yeah. good. And because Ga- or Sharpay is the bad guy, it's supposed to be not good. It's like it's like if Hozier put his hands on what I've been looking for. It was like, all right, let me slow it down. Honestly, yeah. And it's like and it's like <laughs> in the second movie, um, the uh, you're, you're the music in me differences are very mm-hmm. clear. And Ga- Sharpay is like isn't as good because it's not as like impactful or meaningful or right. as good of a song. But they like had to. Yeah, because I think it. also because like what I've been looking for was supposed to be in the musical that they're auditioning for, right? I'm uh, pretty sure that's the case, right? I actually don't know because we never is. see the musical. I know that's I hate that part about the movies, but um, that's the theater <laughs> nerd in me. But no, I think that song is supposed to be in the musical, and the way that song is built is like it's not like the way what it's about. It shouldn't be a slow like ballad essentially. It's it's like it sounds better up tempo because it's like a happy go lucky song, not like a. This has good. This has like a positive message, but I'm gonna make it like a Sarah McLaughlin song. So yeah, exactly, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Just because Sharpay is bad, whatever. Um, the next one is the weird rivalry between Miss Darbus and Coach Bolton, <laughs> and just Miss Darbus kind of in general. Because like I understand that he's just like, hey, like why'd you give my like my athletes need to be practicing, and she's like. I gave him detention, like because they deserved detention. And he's just I mean, they like, did, to be fair. No, because they're athletes, and it's dumb. Apparently, I saw weirdly enough. I don't remember his name, but the guy that uh, played Coach Bolton is like kind of prevalent on TikTok. Yes, and he announced or he like leaked that in the original cut of the movie, Miss Darbus and Coach Bolton did a musical number together, and they cut it. Right? No. Right. <laughs> I, I want it that. so bad. Oh my god, that's awesome. That would have been so ridiculous. And I, I want to know that. what the t- he like didn't say any details about it, but like I can just imagine it being like, you know that scene in Glee where uh, Santana faces off against Sebastian on the dueling cellos for uh, yeah. a smooth criminal. I imagine something like that. Dude, literally, okay, I don't I don't mind the banter. I just think it's a little too stereotypical. 
like uh, the whole movie's too on the nose but i think that um like i understand the conflict and i think it like serves for some humor but also at the same time like miss darvis is not like any theater teacher you ever find in any school ever like she's so not to be punny but dramatic oh yeah um and like that their whole relationship is based off the fact that they're like athletes can't do theater and theater kids can't do sports and i'm like sitting there you know in when i watched it in high school i was like wow i feel so attacked right now um yeah and it's like well it's also like when she well of course she says musical which is so annoying oh it's so irritating but um she also like doesn't the fact that she so aggressively doesn't get sports like yeah. when she's just like shooting balls for touchdowns and he's like baskets they shoot baskets it's yeah like, and it's it's not even like he he like doesn't try to understand like the arts but at the same time he's not like just getting it wrong you know what i mean also, it's also like it's stuff like that that i get is supposed to be the joke but nobody nobody joke. thinks that you act, you score touchdowns in basketball nobody actually thinks that <laughs> the word basket is in the title uh, yeah it's just it was a there were bad characters yeah but again that's you know two on the nose stuff i i don't mind the relationship i just think they they didn't need to go as extra as they did with it oh yeah um number 5 is the whole troy confession scene where he's in the locker room like talking about how uh Gabrielle doesn't mean anything to him, whatever. Like, I, I, I get that scene. I think it was interesting to have him, like, have his, like, team confront him and tell him, like, you know, it's, you got to keep your, keep your head in the game, whatever. But the, the, the webcam, <laughs> the fact that they just slowly lifted up a webcam, like, three feet from his face to record him talking about it, and it just so happens that Troy and Gabriella were or like Gabrielle and Taylor, I mean, were listening, and then and then that led to their breakup, even though they weren't yeah, dating. Well, That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Okay, here's my other question: Like, did they have like live web? Did they have like a live webcam chat going on for that? Like, how how could they l- simultaneously listen to that? Because like I, I feel like like technology existed, but like what high schooler is just gonna have it in their school in a locker room, no. like with this clunky the size of my iPhone X? Uh, webcam that just puts it on top. He's holding a laptop. That was a, re- that was a really cool flex there, dog. I know. I had to do it. But why Why are you holding a laptop in like a locker room while someone's talking? That's weird. That's just a weird thing to do. Also, what was their game plan? It's like, we're going to break them up so that they're both focused, you know? Like, yeah, no, that's entirely their game plan. Well, like, the, the game plan was, the, the, the overarching game plan was, you're like an athlete. You're not supposed to do this. You're a nerd. You're not supposed to do this, which we've already established. Like you and I have talked about how that's stupid. That message, like that doesn't happen in any high school, like anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so like th- their whole plan was like, get them back to their respective corner. But the only way they saw fit to do it was to break them up. So they would yeah focus on what they were supposed to do. Yeah. It's, it was just the worst. Um, stupid number six is we kind of, I kind of talked about it earlier, but um, during the song breaking free, um, the first like try they go for when everybody like rushes into the theater, um, Gabriella like can't sing the first few lines of the song. Like she she freezes and just stares at the and then Troy like taps on Kelsey's piano and was like, "Yo, chill." And then he goes over and stills the courage into her, and then he replays the song. And who sings the first line? Troy. Why, why did they just switch parts for the entire rest of the song? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's the the one thing that I have major concern with is if he just say he just took over her first part of the song, mm. like 
he how is he he's he has no musical training how does he know just how to take that down an octave like how does no. he just know how to do that i was like come on man you don't know anything about what you're doing hey like, hey but he gives concerts to his shower head oh shut up <laughs> um but like i don't mind so much because like i don't know how that you don't know and this is looking way too literally at it but you don't know how the song is like put together or like orchestrated so like it could be that she just has that first verse and he has the second and then they come together which is i think how it works or something but if he just takes on the first one, she could flip to the second one. She probably knows how to, I mean, I don't think she knows how to sing either. So like, it's weird that they just know how to like transpose on the fly. I'm like, no, you don't know how to do that. So that's what I'm more mad about. I'm not mad about him necessarily like taking over. Cause like, no, 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 I know that's, that's the whole point. It's it's like, she was supposed to sing first and then he sang first. So like, what was, what happened? And also this is kind of like a 6.5, but why, I, I don't know the, the theater process. I don't, I've never been in a callback. It's all different. Yeah, I was about to say, like, do callbacks happen in f- with full choreography and lights and costumes and props? Um, lights, costumes, props, usually no, but choreography, yeah. Choreography I can get, but like, when well, I Because they, at- they need to know that you can dance. So, like, they'll give you... And they'll okay, give, that's, that's- they'll give you the choreography beforehand, so you have to come... Like, you'll learn it before... Sometimes even before the principal audition, but especially for callbacks, they'll teach it to you, and then you'll come back with it. And okay, that 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 is fair, but for Bop to the top with that or is, that uh, that extremely um that extremely Latin song sung by two white people, um, <laughs> but isn't it wasn't that was for Sharpay and Ryan did that right? Right, right, right. No, what I'm saying is like because Troy and Gabrielle they just showed up in whatever they were wearing, and then Sharpay and Ryan like had it was basically a musical performance well yeah you don't you think that's them just like trying to flex their talents and say like we already have all this put together that's fair i guess it's it it's stupid but don't you think that's like what they were doing it's dumb i know um but the seventh thing we kind of got into earlier um i was in i think third grade in 2006 so i would have put you in second grade so we weren't we weren't in high school but i can make the guess that in high school in 2006, there weren't bands of nerds that sat together with their pocket protectors and their bow ties doing homework at lunch. Um, actually, also, that's another one of my least favorite things is like, why are, why are the nerds doing their homework during school hours? Nerds would be the ones to get it done before. Anyways, um, but yeah, they're nerds. They always do schoolwork. That's true. That's true. But the whole thing is like... Th- clicks like that don't exist they don't and i don't think they ever had well maybe in like the 80s yeah i like, don't think i don't think clicks exist well maybe even not then i don't think clicks necessarily exist based on one defining thing that you yes, do i.e yes. like the athletes or i.e like that's just like a constructed like like i think you have to go back to high schools like long time ago to see that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but i don't think it's been like that for a long time um you like you like see clicks that form based on like so I guess I guess the the thing I want to say is like so you have like the if you notice like the theater kids aren't a click in High School Musical but no. that's because like people that are in theater usually have like five other things that they come from or like three other things that they come from right but like if you're an athlete it's not like the only thing you do is athletics right yeah imagine those kids going to college if any of them are in Greek life they'd be Greek life and that's it but we all know that's not how Greek life works at least at most schools so like I think it's stupid that if you're a smart kid if you're a bookworm you have to like sit with the nerds all the time or if you're like a musician you have to be it's, it's like the scene out of mean girls with like the plastics and i'm like that doesn't happen yeah, that it doesn't does happen like it that at happen. all ever like and i like i like the whole overarching story or uh, moral of the story that being like 
um, be true. Do what makes you happy. Be true to yourself. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not allowed or that you're unable to do something like that's, that's, that's all fine and good. Yeah. But, but when you have a, a genuine conflict started because the skater kids are talking to the basketball players. That's just, oh boy, that's just so dumb. And also, don't you think the skater kids and the basketball kids would get along? Yeah, right, exactly. Right? Like, why is that the conflict? Uh, it's uh, it's dumb. Like, I bet you Troy Bolton knows how to ride a skateboard, and he's just not telling anybody. It's like if 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 star of the basketball team in my high school like tried out for the musical, that'd be dope. Everyone would be so excited. Yeah, they'd be <laughs> like, that, so if cool. anything, you'd sell so many More tickets. tickets. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. It's marketing uh, genius. If it's he can so dumb. It. And like, it's like the nerds are like, oh my God. Uh, what the hell? Martha can dance. Ew. Like what? Dude, she can like break dance. She like she can go in. Sit down, dude. She's awesome. Uh, okay. But anyways, High School Musical, the series as a whole is dumb. And we'll talk about that in the future. But that was the seven things that I hate about High School Musical. Thank you for indulging those with me, Hunter. Does that mean I have to have a movie for next week? No, you don't have to do it. It can be a me thing. But <laughs> Maybe I'll do it for funsies. Maybe. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, kind of getting into more things that I actually like. Uh, we all know it's no secret that my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. What? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> One of the things that makes Spider-Man the most interesting, in my opinion, is uh, his supervillains. Okay. And I That's always weird. like to know, it's like it's like, oh, what uh, what superhero are you? Who are you most like? I'd like to know which Spider-Man supervillains we are. So okay. I have a quiz from the official Marvel HQ. More quizzes. Yeah, more quizzes. It's easy. <laughs> um, so we can find out that uh, who, what villains we are. So who's your who's your favorite Spider-Man villain? Before we finish, uh, Venom doesn't count. No, I wasn't gonna count Venom because it's basically like like spider-man code red even though he's black <laughs> yeah right um ooh, i'm trying to think i don't like vulture that much it's kind of eh. um doc ock is pretty dope um oh what the heck was his name i don't know why i'm blanking on oh um easy mysterio yeah, Mysterio's dope. I, I love, love Mysterio. Mysterio. In like in in uh in some of the comics, he's just like a, a helpful helpless nerd. Like he's just a loser. But like in other ones, he's actually like Spider-Man's biggest threat. Like he's actually Dude, literally. I don't like in when I saw Far From Home, I saw no way that like Spider-Man could have gotten out of that threat. Besides, oh, like no, that was awesome the way he did. But like they did such a good job with that character. The way they yeah the way they handled the way they handled marketing even like that. Oh, that movie was incredible. But. Uh, let's let's find out if uh, if either of us end up as Mysterio. Um, so Hunter, it's time to fight. What's your weapon of choice? <laughs> Fists, my cunning, technology, or guns? <laughs> um, <laughs> one of these is not like the other. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go because. I don't use fists or guns. I'm going to go with technology. Technology. Okay. I'm going to go also with technology because when I think tech, when I think guns, I think like uh, black widow. And when I think uh, technology, I think iron man. So um, yeah. one of those two is definitely better. Uh, okay. Also yeah. like guns are, oh, sorry. Who wants to use guns? Like that's no, just lame. I feel like I'd shoot myself by accident. Yeah. Uh, Joe was telling me that the liter- that the, uh, the power scale for Marvel is so vast. It's like, Oh, I have gun. I shoot gun, and it goes all the way up to I can fly through space and destroy ships without blinking. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. It's, You're right. It's intense. <laughs> um, okay, your end goal is simply uh, to gain power, 
to rid the world of idiots, to get revenge, or I'm just naturally sinister. Read those I'm going to rid the world of idiots. That's easy. So it was. So the first one was what? Power. Second one was to rid the world of idiots. Mm, and then revenge. Or you're just naturally evil. I feel like I would do revenge. Revenge. Ooh, okay. Yeah. This is getting this is getting spicy. I don't really get mad unless like I'm like mad at because of something that somebody's done. That's fair. That's fair. Um, how'd you get your superpowers? By chance, by choice, or a little bit of both? Well, I'm an idiot, so I'm gonna say by chance. Yeah, um, I think I was by you know what? I, I I think of like a little bit of both being like Doc Ock and um yeah, like you have the technology and you choose to like enhance. Yeah, the- yeah. So I'm gonna go. You know what I mean? Both. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah, I feel like you would be that one. Um, Spidey has been interfering with your plans. How do you retaliate? Kidnap his girlfriend, harm innocents and taunt him, go on a rampage throughout the city, or bait him into a trap. Mm-hmm. What I, I think- kidnapping people. <laughs> You don't, yeah, it's like, I, I don't want to hurt anybody else. I just want to, like, get him out of the way. So I think I'm going to bait him into a trap. Honestly, just for cinematic effect, I'd go on a rampage of the city. You know what? You would do that regardless. <laughs> I feel like that'd be kind of fun just to blow stuff up. <laughs> uh, you know, the, empty buildings, of course. Yeah, no exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the one, like the one in Sokovia in Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> um, fill in the blank. The best kind of a spider is a blank one, a poisonous one, a giant one, a common one or a squished one. Uh, which is the best? Yeah. I'm going to go with a poisonous one. Poisonous? I feel like this is a quote, but if I'm a villain and I want to stop Spider-Man, it'd be a squished one. You know? Yeah, but Spider-Man's also not a poison. I guess. I don't know. I just think of when I think of like dope spiders, I'm like, yo, poisonous ones are dope. I just don't want them anywhere near me. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, what is your one weakness? Pride, temper, neediness, or I'm a little crazy? Mine's my temper in real life. Um, mine's probably my pride. Yeah, I would say so. That's I'm same. like too proud of an idiot to like <laughs> let anything go. Right, but <laughs> um. You've got one ultimate strength to balance your weakness out. What is it? Intelligence, persuasiveness, resourcefulness, or determination? This balances out what? Uh, your weakness. And it was? It was intelligence, persuasiveness, resourcefulness, and determination. It's definitely not intelligence. No, not for me. Uh, honestly, I'd probably go determination. I was going to pick that for you, too. Yeah. I, persuasiveness I, was a close second, but sometimes I'm just more determined than I am persuasive. I went for um, I went for persu- uh, persuasiveness because I was once told that I could have a productive conversation with a brick wall. So you could entertain yourself in a room by alone. That's not persuasiveness. <laughs> Just saying. Anyways, you um, yourself. People are so annoying because they're bloody fools. So I guess somebody from England made this. This is a British quiz. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't know how to listen. They're so lazy, or they break promises. I'm going to go with they don't know how to listen because nothing infuriates me more than somebody who uh, says the climate has always changed. <laughs> oh, I hate that answer. Uh, I'm going to go with they're bloody fools. Okay. Um, Toby Maguire or Andrew Garfield? 
Oh God. <laughs> um, both notice of them are pretty. Both of them are pretty bad. Put Tom Holland in there because they know what the answer will be. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Toby. There's also a third answer: Who and Who? I'm gonna put pick that one actually, just because screw him. I'm gonna go Toby. It sucks because like Andrew Garfield's a good actor, and like just the movie sucked, and then Toby Maguire. Um, <laughs> Dude, I think though, like, watch that be the one question that if you put who and who, you get a Tom Holland villain. If you put Toby, you get a Toby villain. Right, right. <laughs> All right. And which Sandman. part of New York would be the most fun to wreck? Times Square, Wall Street, Brooklyn Bridge, or all of it? Dude, all of it. Duh. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Times Square because it would be fun just like jumping through and like smashing a bunch of monitors. Okay, before we move on, I heard the greatest critique of Times Square the other day. All right, what's that? It was the funniest thing. Well, okay, it was really funny at the time, but it's probably not as funny now that I think about it. But it was basically like this guy who lives in New York now. Uh, it was the Potterless host. He's a, he lives in New York now, and he was like, he goes, I literally hate tourists with every fiber of my being. And everyone who lives in New York says that because they're always there. Maybe not now, but um, he was like, I don't understand what the obsession with Times Square is. It's literally all ads. He was like, why do you just want to stare at giant ads? He goes, don't you hate commercials? He goes, it's the same thing. Fair and you're point. just taking pictures of billboards. He was like, I don't get it. And I was like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. A really fair point. So uh, please destroy Times Square, Derek. Okay. Um, all right. So you, my friend, are Dr. Octopus. Oh, Let's you take go. pride in your smarts and smarts and you're a handy person to have around and handy is in quotations because you have eight hands or six hands. Um, nice. Just make sure to keep your temper in check. Hmm. Uh, I got Mysterio. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. And I accidentally closed the, <laughs> closed the um, window, but it said something about how um, uh, I, I, I take pride in my intelligence, but sometimes to a fault, but uh, I can persuade a lot of things to like, people to do. Uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sa- satisfied with Doc Ock. That was of this, of the Sam Raimi trilogy. That was the best movie. Was... Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. Doc Ock in one of, in like one of the um, comic book series, like just straight up takes over Peter's body. Like they switch bodies. Yeah. It's, and, and Doc Ock is like on his deathbed. And so it's Peter actually on his deathbed. It's kind of weird. I and you know, read... you know why he did it? Wow. Two reasons. One was just to like, um, like obviously keep living and ruin spider-man's reputation but the second one and he makes mention of this was to sleep with mary jane Ooh, i know right i mean she is like a famous model in the original like comic book series but all right (laughs) but no (laughs) she's like 27 like it's i don't care about age there that's still weird yeah it's kind of gross um cool speaking of uh comic canon Hunter, uh, we talk a lot, a lot about some uh, nerdy stuff on this podcast. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I, I hear about it a lot from my friends. Yeah. Um, well, I want to know. I want to know how big of a nerd you actually are. Uh, not as big as you. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I, I came up with ten questions um, from various fandoms in the nerd kingdom. Oh God. And I want to know how much you actually know. This isn't like anything about like quantum physics or anything educational. It's like (laughs) typically nerdy pop culture. Explain to me quantum physics. That's Avengers. I know that one. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So each of them is multiple choice question. There's 10 of them. And we're going to see how nerdy you actually are. Are you ready? I'm going to do so poorly. Go. All right. Your first question is about Pokemon. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Which of the following can. Oh, uh, by the way, like uh, if you're if you want to play along at home. Definitely do that because these questions start off pretty easy, but they get pretty hard. What? <laughs> Which of the following cannot be classified as a starter Pokemon? Mudkip, Eevee, Clefairy, or Charmander? 
Can you read the question again? You cut out. Which of the following cannot be classified as a starter Pokemon? Mudkip, Eevee, Clefairy, or Charmander? Uh, I'm going to go with Clefairy. Correct. Ooh, My go. guy, you got it right. Mudkip was That's a starter. Mudkip was I a starter that... in um, the third generation. Charmander was a starter in the first. And Eevee was a starter in the, uh, I believe it was um, Pokemon uh, XD. So I, I thought the, the thing was, the thing was I had heard of Eevee and Charmander before. And then I was like, what's one that I literally have never heard of in my life. Oh, Clefairy was originally going to be like the, uh, I think it was Clefairy. No, no, no. Jigglypuff was, but anyways. Um, so you're one for one already. All right. Which of the following is not a title in the elder scrolls series? Remember uh, Skyrim, the game that you were supposed to play for your, uh... I was supposed to play for 40 hours and I played for five. Oh, it's so good. And got um, an A. <laughs> Morrowind, Winterhold, Oblivion, or Daggerfall? What was the first one? Morrowind. Second one? <laughs> the answers are Morrowind, Winterhold, Oblivion, or Daggerfall. I'll go with Daggerfall. That is incorrect. The correct answer was Winterhold. Oh, uh, my second if, guess was going to be Morrowind. If you had played Skyrim for more than uh, five hours, you would know because Winterhold is a city in Skyrim. Um, oh, wait, no, I got to there some at one point. I don't know how, but I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> Morrowind is, I believe, the third one. Oblivion is the fourth one, and Daggerfall is the second one. Ah. Um, this one's. I wonder if you're going to get this one right. The f- original four Pac-Man ghosts. Are named Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and what? Stinky, Dinky, Winky, or Clyde? Can, can you name the? Can you read the question again? So the original three Pac-Man ghosts are named Inky, Pinky, and Blinky. So what's the fourth one's name? Stinky, Dinky, Winky, or Clyde? Oh, I'm between two, and I. Okay, so I want to answer one way, but I feel like it's a trap. Okay. And I don't want to fall into the trap. Okay. For something that could be really obvious. Yeah. I don't really care what score I get, so I'm going to go Clyde. That's correct. Yeah, cool. It is Clyde. Clyde is the orange ghost. <laughs> I completely I knew, made the like, other once you up. said Once you said Clyde, I was like, it has to be Clyde. I was like, there's no way it's not. I, I, want, I wanted to use that one as kind of like the first, uh, the first uh, who wants to be a millionaire question where like, it's, there's one question that's obviously wrong. So, and I mean, like you were laughing too. So I was like, it has to be Clyde. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Uh, who was the first person to take on the mantra of Batman's sidekick, Robin? Tim Drake, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, or Damian Wayne? Isn't it Dick Grayson? Was Dick Grayson? Nice. Those were all four uh, Robins, though. Dude, Batman's uh, my favorite superhero. Uh, you are basic. Dude, he's so cool. All right. Uh, which is the only one of the original six Star Wars movies that Yoda did not appear in? Episode one, episode two, episode four, or episode six? Do you count um, the Force Ghost as appearing? Yes. Okay. You said episode one, episode two, episode four, episode six. One, two, four, or six, correct. It's episode four. Correct. He was never yeah. in A New Hope. Yeah, because he didn't show up until Empire Strikes Back. Did not show up until Empire Strikes Back. Nice job. You're doing better on this than I thought you would be doing. I, I'm just 
counting my what, what's the phrase counting my chickens or something like that uh no <laughs> i mean that is a phrase but it does not apply in the situation you're four for five so far um i think it's gonna start getting worse probably which marvel character in any canon has never beaten thanos captain marvel the incredible hulk star lord or deadpool in any canon. In any canon. <clears throat> I wanted to put in uh, Iron Man in this because I don't think Iron Man's ever beat him in the comics. But I decided to keep any canon in because I didn't want to. Mm. It was Captain Marvel, Incredible Hulk, Star-Lord, or Deadpool? Mm-hmm. I go Incredible Hulk. That's correct. Incredible Hulk has never beat Thanos in any. Because I was like, I wanted to say Deadpool, but I'm like, I vaguely recall a conversation where it was mentioned that he beat him in the comics, and I was like, so what happened with Deadpool? The reason that Deadpool can't die is because in the comics, um, (laughs) Thanos lusted after the goddess of death, and uh, he like that's why he went on his murderous rampage to impress her. Um, but the goddess of death was in love with Wade Wilson. And so Thanos basically cast a curse on him so that he could never die. So he could never be with death. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that bananas? I love that. Okay. Which of the following has never been a setting for assassins creed, Japan, Italy, Greece, or the United States. Think of the United States. Incorrect. Technically, but no. Uh, the correct answer is Japan. Oh, really? There was a... Uh, I knew there was an Italian one. There, Well, the original four, I think. The first four take place in Italy. Um, but Assassin's Creed Three takes place in uh, during the Revolutionary War. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey takes place in Greece. And um, they have not been to Japan yet. The next one is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I'm pretty dope, stoked about Whoa, it. That yeah. sounds cool. Oh my God. Um, okay, how many different blocks are there in the game Tetris? Five, six, seven, or eight? You're assuming I know how to count. Um, You've played Tetris, right? Like twice in my life. Oh, you, come on. <laughs> Tetris is classic. I don't like blocks or math or any of that. Uh, what were the choices? Five what? Five, six, seven, or eight. I'm going to go six. It is incorrect. It is seven. Damn it. Um, it is actually, the reason it's called Tetris is because the pieces uh, that you use to play Tetris are, is every combination of uh, four blocks. Oh. Every way they can touch. And that's why it's called Tetris, because of Tetra. Um, fun, fun, uh, fun fact. And that's why, that's why it works so well, is because it's all four blocks. Oh. Uh, number nine. Who was not an original member of the Sinister Six, Scorpion, Electro, Mysterio, or Sandman? There's been like 50 incarnations of the Sinister Six, but these are this is the original. If it if he helps you at all, Doc Ock was the one that founded the original Sinister Six. Right, I knew I knew that. 
Um, ah, ah, I'm gonna go Mysterio. It is incorrect. The correct answer was Scorpion. Oh, Mysterio it. was in the Sinister Six, but he was not. Uh, or I'm sorry, sorry. Scorpion was in the Sinister Six, but he was not in the original. Oh, I think the other two were, um, Vulture. And I forget who the other one was, but anyway. Well, yeah, because when they when they had Vulture in um, uh, Homecoming, and then they teased, I forget who they teased in the end credit scene. They were like, oh yeah, they were like, ooh, Sinister Six movies. That's why I thought of that. Yeah. Um, and the last question, which there's no way you're getting this right, um, which of these dungeon Dungeons and Dragons attributes affects the character's perception, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, or wisdom? Perception meaning like how you it, perceive the area around you. Okay. And it was constitution, dexterity, what and wisdom? Intelligence. Hmm. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go sorry. <laughs> hmm. Joe is screaming at his screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Intelligence, constitution, and so is Tyler. Wisdom. Well, we never played, so <laughs> you can make an educated guess here. I'm, th- I'm thinking. I'm gonna. I know exactly which two you're caught, caught between two. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with wisdom. Hey, you got it. Good job, man. Fifty percent. <laughs> Actually, uh, so you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven right. I passed. You did pass. You barely. You <laughs> passed with with pretty mediocre colors. I will take a P on my transcript. Thank you. So you're uh, you're pretty pretty big big nerd. Uh, good job, That's man. Proud of you. Um, and finally, last thing we're gonna talk about today. Oh baby. Speaking of nerd stuff, uh, the the Netflix gods have graced us on this fine year of the horrible year of 2020. Yeah, screw 2020. Because on Friday, May 15th, Avatar The Last Airbender was released to Netflix. And Hunter has never seen it. I have not. So he promised to watch it uh, a season a week uh, so we can discuss uh, what he's discovered on the podcast. Um, if you don't, have never seen Avatar The Last Airbender, watch it now. Watch it all. It's one of the be- it's one of the best show TV shows of all time. One of my favorite, probably my favorite cartoon of all time. Um, it, it's absolutely incredible. The characters are actually actually like very engaging. Um, it tugs at your heartstrings. It's a it's an incredibly good show. Um, so Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, you watched the first season over the last over the last few days mm-hmm. um, for the first time ever. Uh, before we get into my talking points, I want to know if you have any underlying questions that uh, I can answer as long as they're not answered further in the series. Because I'm not going to do any spoilers for you. Um, if you haven't seen season, book one, turn off now because uh, we're going to be doing some spoiling. But uh, book two and three, uh, we'll handle at a later date. Handle uh-huh. at a later date. Okay. So I have some questions, but I also have some comments. Okay. Um, first of so- all, yeah, First of all, what did you think? What did you think? First, I agree with your. I don't know if I, because I'm assuming after I watch, because the first season's kind of slow. Um, mm-hmm. So I think once I get into seasons two and three, then like I'll be like, oh, this is actually like as good of a show as Derek says it is. And like I, I enjoyed the first season because I enjoyed the world building that they go on. Um, and I feel like everything that they do or every like challenge that they face uh, is like resolved in a way that makes sense 
even though it's like all literally magic. Um, yes. It makes sense for magic. Uh, it's not like there's just some weird, I couldn't find like really any plot contrivances with it. It was really difficult, but, um, and I do agree with you that the, uh, I thought it was like one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time. Like it's hilarious. It's actually it so up. funny. Hold up. Um, and I also really appreciated like the use of like color that's used in the show, the way like the creators and the, the, the creative team like uses color to like contrast between people. Um, but also at the same time, how the avatar's color palette is like kind of muted, which yeah. is like really interesting because it's like, it's, and, and when they show scenes of like airbenders, they're like, they're all like that. But in, in the day and time, which it's happening where the avatar is an airbender. You can just call him Aang. Like the avatar is his title. Yeah, so when Aang, like, <laughs> essentially when, when in this case, I'm going to say it anyway, but when the Avatar is an airbender, like, in this day and time, it, like, it's so interesting that the person that's supposed to, like, you know, restore balance to the universe, essentially, or the world, is, like, this person that's not, like, dominated in, like, heavy, saturated color. Um, and I think it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good point of, like, he's definitely one a man out of his time, but also, like, um, not in the... Like, 100 years had passed. Like, that's a long time in terms of technological advancement. Like, he's, mm-hmm. not, he's not familiar with the world. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting. Like, obviously, the, the whole... Uh, like, obviously, it's, like, a kind of... It's, like, a... It's, 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 like, Earth, but, like, not Earth at the same time. Um, like, the world that they're in um and like the different nations like make up different like cultures which i think is interesting mm-hmm. like they're d- like directly like emblematic of them mm-hmm. um so like you have like you know the water tribes are like inuit peoples um like you know the fire nation is like is like some asian society that i don't know exactly what it would be but i think i think well uh you're right the um the water tribes are the inuit peoples um uh the earth kingdom is china uh, the air temples are uh, based off Tibetan monks yep. and um, fire is a mix of Japan and Korea. That would make sense to me. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting how they were able to like, it, it's not, it doesn't stereotype it necessarily, but it, cause I don't think it does, but it's really interesting how they take these different cultures and they, they like pinpoint on the other, but not based on like looks if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, like I remember one episode in the season said like the, the fire, I think it was Commander Zhao said like, oh, we're the fire nation of like the superior element. He's not saying like the superior race, he's saying the superior element, which like it's a direct allegory, but at the same time, he's like, I thought it was an incredibly smart way of like addressing like racial difference without like straight up saying like they look different, you know what I mean? Because yeah. in reality, the people from the fire nation and you know, and, and the water tribes, they do look different, but they're just like, Oh, they use different elements, which I was like, that's such a clever way of like pointing it out. Yeah. Um, that way you don't like contribute to saying like the other is bad. Yep. 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 Um, but okay. So questions I had number one, the thing that irritated me the most. Okay. So if Ang is the last airbender, how like, not one person recognizes him immediately. And I'm like, when you look at the, like the flashbacks of all the other airbenders, they all have that arrow on their heads and all over their body. So I'm like, how the, how on earth does no one just pick like, clearly history is a thing in this series. Cause they reference it all the time. Mm-hmm. So how does not one person go like, you clearly look like an airbender and there's only one left. So like, hello, how can, how does no one just pick like they walk into towns and everyone's just like, Oh, what's up? And then like 15 minutes later, they're like, wait, you're the avatar. And I'm like, how did you not notice that when he has a giant arrow on his head? Well, a lot of that is attributed to the fact that um, commoners aren't well-educated. 
and nobody has seen an airbender in over 100 years so nobody none of them were alive for at least two generations from when ang was alive sure i get that but at the same time like they talk about like the history of their different like nations and and peoples so like how does no one have record like the oldest person in your like area not have like documentation or any kind of story they've heard that says the airbenders have these like arrows all over their body. Well, that's, that's why Hang hi, hides his arrow wherever he goes. He's like, I don't need to be seen as the avatar. I don't need to be seen as an airbender. Okay, but that's my other question is like their version of blending in is just throwing on a hood. Yeah, it's because all they, that's all they need to do. No, Aang they don't looks like a kid. They don't clothes at all. Like, it's ever. also... I get okay, well, like, well, the, the whole thing on. is like they don't the reason that they don't like need to do that is because they're, they're just regular travelers. There's travelers all around the, you'll see in season two, there's travelers all around um, uh, in every nation, except for the fire nation, obviously. Um, and honestly, just seeing somebody like now, nowadays you just like, if you walk by um, somebody wearing like a traditional, like, like, like clothes that don't look like normal, you just be like, that's a little weird, but then just keep on walking. That's exactly what people mm. is happening when they're like, why are they wearing water tribe clothes anyways? And then they walk. So I guess, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, they, they just don't try to like blend in at all. I think, um, I think this, this is something you're fixating on that is not important. I know it's not, but it just was just like one of those tiny little details that I was like, this is dumb and I don't like it, but whatever. Um, the I think was oh oh the other question I had is okay so I know they talked about what who, that guy's comment that's at the end of the first season they're like oh it's coming this summer what's that fire guy Lord Sozin. yeah so is that why the Fire Nation is just so much more powerful than everyone else because like because my question was like how is restoring balance to the world by suppressing one of the nations I was like that seems weird so so like i can't i'm trying to think of what has what was said in season one but not the latest was, i think i recall i think i recall i forget who said it but when they were talking about the i think it was uh avatar roku yes was saying, that's like, what happens Sozi's yes comet he was like he was like i think he said it made them like stronger yeah so you know but, so you know how in the season finale um when the the moon is out uh all the waterbenders are really strong and then when the sun comes out zuko's stronger than katara and oh so the comet uh, so the comet is basically a supplement to like the the the, the sun it's like the sun literally crashing into the earth <laughs> and so sozin used the power that he that firebenders got to start an uprising uh, and then they're just basically carrying the momentum till it comes again exactly Exactly. okay i follow that i was like because it seems really weird that they're like like obviously it makes sense in terms of having a plot like restoring balance to the world means like we got to get rid of the bad guy excuse me or make them like smaller or lesser mm-hmm. but i was like so i was like why is it just from the get-go they're just better than everyone i was like that's weird and yep. just like they're like op for no reason mm-hmm. um but i will say the the fight at the end like the First of all, the Siege of the North is a dope title for an it's episode. It's a great title. <laughs> um, and then, like, it just seems like they – and it seems like the – it's it's not explicitly, like, said, but it seems like the water – like, the water tribes are – or at least waterbenders in general are, like, firebenders, like, biggest fear because, like, their their water just, like, extinguishes fire right away. It's just, like, it's gone. Um, so – I don't know. But at the same time, like, as an airbender, like, Ang can literally, like – I don't know how like scientifically it works, but I know like when there's too much oxygen exposed to fire, like it, it like dies essentially. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the firebenders are like ignorantly powerful. They like think like, they obviously think like no one is and it's, they think no one's better than them. Um, 
but then like there's these other th- like the earthbenders like yeah they can just like smash stuff <laughs> with rocks which is cool but like the other two can clearly just like limit fire like that's there that seems like that's the sole purpose of those it's i think i think it's really interesting because you're getting into the balance of the elements um that being uh obviously fire has like the power so so it was kind of like what um zhang zhang was talking about Mm-hmm. Um, when he was tra- when he was teaching Ang, when he refused actually to teach Ang firebending, um, that was season one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I was about to say. I hope I didn't spoil something for you. No, you <laughs> um, because uh, we, I watched me and Joe watched up till like a three quarters of the way through season four <laughs> or season two. I mean, um, and anyways, uh, it's like what he was talking about how um how water is is water and air and earth they're controlled by the bender the entire way through, but fire. Uh, has like as soon as it like leaves your leaves your hand like it's it's its own entity it actually like burns alive it's a a living thing yeah so so essentially like the the whole thing about fire is when used incorrectly it uh leads to like vast destruction and that was what was exemplified when Zhao burnt down his entire fleet because he was trying to kill avatar try to kill ang and um he ended up just like letting the fire like get away from him right so uh, they they talk more about like like you said the like spirit world and like the, the the harmony between the elements they get that becomes more of a central figure later in the series but uh, mm-hmm. it's good that you're thinking about it now because it, it gets very important yeah those are pretty much all the questions i had because the one question i had was why did why did ang or the avatar go away like why was he just gone but then one of the episodes they answer that oh uh, and you had the question about like why he was stuck there for so long yeah so this is like they never explicitly explain it but this is what I'm I'm guessing. Um, first of all, uh, I I can't tell. I think though I need to watch it again. I think in the storm episode, the ball that surrounds him um, and and Katara and the, and the sailor and Sokka, I think that was air rather than water. Um, so he like just they flew out. Even if it wasn't water though, he he was like a little more in control. That makes sense. But um, the first the the first time when he fell in the water, that was the first ever time that he entered the Avatar state, and the first time that he ever waterbended. So he was basically in a fight or flight survival thing. So he's like, "How the heck do I get out of this?" And once he goes into the Avatar state, he's so overwhelmed with the power that he has that he's never experienced before, and he goes to waterbend, and he just completely encapsulates himself in Appa. And that makes sense. Keeps them safe for a hundred years. So that's an explanation I can live with. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting is that, and I don't know how Zuko plays out in seasons two and three, but he seems like such a red herring from the start, because like he's you want to hate him so much, but then once Commander, like once Zhao is brought in, you're like, mm, wait a minute, because then like obviously, because I think that Zuko isn't like. It to me, it looks like Zuko isn't trying to capture the Avatar to get rid of Aang. You know what I mean? He's he's doing it more so to like regain his status. So his anger isn't with Aang; it's with a really himself, um, but also be like with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just seems like that he's not actually like, and obviously he's not the worst person in the series. Like because yes. Zhao clearly from the time you meet him is way worse. Um, but it seems like that if given the choice, like. Uh, Zuko like wouldn't I guess kill Aang he wouldn't do it I don't think he would I think he would necessarily and I could be just so wrong on this but um, it just seems like he wouldn't get rid of him it just seems like he wants to capture him just to be like look father like I've regained my status I brought you the avatar Um, well that's proven in the blue spirit 
which is yeah, my favorite episode of the first that's season. That's why and that's when I started thinking, I was like, wait a minute, he's probably not actually evil. He's just really angry. Mm-hmm. He's just um, an and angry like disgraced. Boy. Like I totally understand. Like he's just really pissed off and like mad at himself. And this is the only way he knows how to regain his status. Um, but as we see at the end of season one, his sister is gonna come to play in season two, and I'm excited for it. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Cool. That's really great to hear. It's, it's, you're picking up on all the important stuff, which is really good. Uh, just a few things that I want to talk about. Um, first of all, uh, in the first three episodes, you hated Sokka. Oh, I didn't like him. So, so how do you think his character progressed after that? I mean, I, you know, normally when people are like, oh, character development, I hate, like, they're like, oh, this character developed so much. And I'm like, can you tell me how? Um, but I think in this first season, you can pinpoint exactly how his character develops. And I thought, I... He's not my favorite person in the series, but I'd no longer dislike him. Yeah. Um, it's the whole thing of like, he's very stereotypically, well, the, the whole thing it surrounds itself is, is he's tech, pretty much the only man in the Southern Water Tribe. He's a byproduct of his upraising. Oh, exactly. So he, he, he felt the need to be the man in, in that um, he needed to be the warrior, he needed to be the hunter, he needed to be the, 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 the rock and the strategist and everything. And he's um, bad at all of it. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and then when he finally get, they finally get to Kyoshi Island and he gets his butt kicked by Suki, who is an amazing character. Awesome. Um, and he, and the, I think that was like, well, first of all, I sent you that meme today. Uh, that was, it was the book that said Avatar The Last Airbender and then the, the empty book that said um, Avatar The Last Airbender if Sokka wasn't sexist. Mm-hmm. Like his sexism kind of like got the series in motion, not giving it a, a pass. But um, the, the scene that really like hit it home was when he, they were fleeing Kyoshi and uh, he apologized to Suki and said, I treated you like a girl when I should have treated you like a warrior. And she says, I am a warrior, but I'm a girl too. And that like really shook him to his core and like made him realize, like, oh, like, yeah. I'm an idiot. I need, to, I need to figure this out. So like that, I think was the very start of his, uh, start of his arc. And then as he keeps going, and especially when he like meets UA, like he wants to like, protect her but he also understands that she is a woman that is like a powerful person that is capable of like making her own decisions that's what he tries to tell her um so Sokka and my like and he only gets better for the rest of the series I think the episode that I started to like him was I forget what town it is but it's that town with the fortune teller um yeah I don't know if they name I don't know if they name it either but basically when he's like like yelling at them he's like why are you believing this woman and the the I think it's because of like our current like climate. I was about right to say now. that's that's like that's like any educated person in yeah. at a Trump because, rally. Because when she's like, <laughs> oh, she's like, when the volcano isn't going to destroy the city, and then it doesn't because he intervenes and they make the clouds say it's going to. He was, and they were at the end. They were like, well, she said it wasn't going to burn down the city, and it didn't. And he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He was like, yeah. "You saw yep. the lava." Yep. I was like, "I was like, yeah, okay, I, I'm with you on this one now." Um, and then there were a couple of times where he was just like, "Oh, when they wanted to go see their dad, when they got the map, and then Aang like hid it from them, um, even though he only hid it for like a day, he could have just made up some lie and been like, oh, I guess he should have come clean.' But, um, but like when he when they were leaving, he goes, "No, we have to go back because like," and then he says like, "You're our family," but also it's like he sees it as like his duty now. Like that's actually like if you're going to use the phrase be a man that's being a man you know what i mean yeah soccer soccer really also um the jet episode when he took it into his own hands to to free the civilians and so they didn't get uh washed away oh yeah uh, that was a really good character Smart character cool. moment i wanted to kill katara in that episode people who had a crush on jet 
grew up to like toxic men. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, Jet was the worst. I, okay. When they, literally, that scene where they were attacking that old man, I was like, no. I was right? like, stop it. Right? I was like, this is so sad. Oh, God. Um, this is only like a very minimal spoiler, but you haven't seen The Last of Jet. <laughs> I don't like him. Cool. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Actually, now we pretty much covered it was Zuko and being the blue spirit yeah. um, and how Zhao tried to kill him. Um, yeah, I was like, take him out. I was like, bro. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> he um, also like, and he knew he. You could tell he knew immediately who it was, and I was like, oh my. God. Well, that's the thing. He didn't. Like so, he didn't know, but then he had like a hunch once he saw the swords on the on. Yeah, Zuko's that's what ball. it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Um, Joe and I were talking about that. We're like, we forgot how he found out, but it was the swords on the ship when he mm-hmm. goes to siege the North. But um, that's the last thing I want to talk about is Admiral Zhao, um, commander first, then he was uh, promoted. But uh, Admiral Zhao, uh, his death scene is well death um you're probably not going to watch Korra but what happened what actually happens is like he just gets taken to the spirit world Mm. and um they're like there's a point where Korra is like walking through like this like valley of like lost spirits and Zhao is like walking around going the moon slayer killing the avatar like like absolutely crazy and he's apparently been doing that for like 80 years which is hysterical but um uh Zhao when he dies um like it was right after Zuko confronts him for trying to have him killed. And they, they get in this, like, uh, he had already lost the Agni Kai. Um, he, they were just getting into a fight, uh, like, to basically, I don't know if they were trying to kill each other or just subdue each other, whatever happened. Zuko was just pissed. Um, mm-hmm. But after uh, Zhao was getting grabbed by the Moon Spirit, Zuko reaches out to help him and to, to save him. And Zhao, in the last moment of pride, retracts his hand and lets himself get taken. And mm-hmm. it was after that moment, the only thing that Zuko says after that moment in season one is when he's rowing away on the boat with uh, Iroh. And uh, Iroh asks him why he's not pursuing the Avatar, and all he says is, I'm tired. Like, that's all I'm saying. And the reason for that is that Admiral Zhao, as a character, represents what Zuko could be. Mm-hmm. And the fact that um, Admiral Zhao like took his hand back when Zuko was going to help him, I think that kind of shook Zuko a little bit being like, if I'm so dedicated to the one thing in my life that I think is going to bring me glory and bring me honor, it's going to drive me insane. And that's, I I think that Admiral Zhao, like he's only like, obviously he's gone. He's not going to show up for the rest of the season, but like as his first season main villain, like absolutely incredible. I love Admiral Zhao. Yeah, I mean, he clearly like was one of those characters that you see in a lot of different uh, works of fiction that essentially is like so dr- they're driven mad with power and they they're like they're so power hungry that like they uh, like they run themselves into ruin. And what I thought was interesting was when they first mentioned his promotion to admiral, Uncle Iroh, phenomenal character. Um, yeah, Uncle Iroh is in the in best. the background. Uncle Iroh is like he's been promoted. Interesting, or he's like very nice or something, and just doesn't care. And I think that like Uncle Iroh obviously is the real person that um, that Zuko should be looking up to because, or like you know, not modeling after necessarily, but like taking his advice because Uncle Iroh is the one that stays cool, calm, and collected, and knows that in due time with patience, it'll all work out. Even if that, like, obviously, it probably doesn't mean like you're gonna kill the Avatar or capture the Avatar, but like, you're, it, it'll be okay. You don't need to restore your honor tomorrow. Um, and that's the thing that, like, Admiral Zhao is just like, I just want to keep going and going and going. And I guarantee, if he'd stayed alive, it would have gotten to a point where, like, 
he was taking on the fire lord himself like trying to because is he's a firebender though right admiral Jarrah, Jarrah, was? yes okay yes. so yeah like there would have come to a point where he was like i want to control the fire nation and it'll be like all right bro you you're about to get capped so let's let's be careful also fun fact he is voiced by the same character that plays lucius malfoy in harry potter he is you want to know something nuts did, did not know that makes a lot more sense now you know something nuts what? fire lord ozai is mark hamill <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah you're telling me luke skywalker has been evil this whole time yeah exactly exactly <laughs> luke skywalker is evil yeah i didn't realize like i knew he was the joker i didn't realize how, like how proficient of a voice actor he was yeah it's I, it was mark really hamill's just he's just the goat man of acting. mark hamill's dope but yeah so season one as a whole like in my opinion is the worst season and that is saying something because oh, it, it's still incredible it was um, good. I, it just took, it took two. I think you were right. What you said earlier, it took to like episode 12 to really start like, and the acting. whole thing about the whole thing about season one is that it follow, it kind of follows the, the typical cartoon, like episodic plot in that, like it there, there's an overarching plot, but like the episodes don't seem to have any connection to each other yeah, until the last like, like couple, like they leave Kyoshi Island, whatever. Like they, they have a run with jet, whatever. Um, there's like a lot of, st- and then, and then aunt, aunt Wu, whatever. Like there's a lot of stuff that feels like it's not actually, uh, amounting to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, season two starts the actual, like, okay, this is a real story. And it's actually- yeah. Well, cause the big thing is like in, in any series like, like this, you have to get to know the characters in the world first. So like send them on like five, six adventures and then be like, and at the same time they do underscore that there's like a plot being driven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's only in the scenes you see with the fire nation. And at first you think, Oh, it's just Zuko trying to get him. But then it's like, wait, Zuko's also outcast. Um, and he's like at odds with his own people and trying to capture the avatar. Yeah. So like, it's just, it, it like they, they put that subtly and it picks up more and more in each episode. And then like, by the time you hit like the blue samurai or what is it? I think those are the blue spirit. That's what it is. Uh, once you hit that episode, then you're like, okay. And then the next one, they, you just see more of the fire nation being like, all right, let's, let's get this little monk. Okay. And the last thing I want to talk about with avatar is what, if any, are your predictions for the next season? I'm not going to say anything because I know what happens, but I want to know what you think, where, what, where you think our characters take us. It's, it's obviously well, the second, um, it's obviously uh, book two is Earth. Yeah. Um, he learns Earthbending, uh, yeah. but what else do you think happens? Well, I think Zuko obviously is going to regroup and I think he's going to have a more measured approach. I think this whole first season experience like kind of matured him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think his sister is going to be like 10 times worse than Admiral Zhao because like you obviously have to raise the stakes every season. Um, I think that we're going to see, I hope that we see more of, of Fire Lord Ozai because what a dope character. Um, I don't know necessarily like what the overarching like plot line is going to be, but I'm obviously they have to go to some like earth nation or earth tribe and like learn earth bending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I have a feeling we're going to get more involved with Sokka and Katara's dad because they've hinted at it multiple times in season one and like every single time they've been like close to like either seeing him or talking more about him. Then they just, oh, quickly, we can't do that. So like I think I, I personally think that we'll get more into that even though we're not focused on like waterbending. Um, the other question I had was like, is she legit the only waterbender from her tribe? That question is answered. Okay. I want to like, talk about it so I was like, are you telling me she's the only it. one? Like, really? Um, but, and I know they kind of like, were like, oh, the, I forget who the, the guy was that taught Aang and her waterbending. I forget his name. Paku. Um, 
Yeah. But he was like, Oh, I like loved your grandmother and she left. And I was like, okay, yeah, boss ass. Um, but at the same time I was like, they kind of didn't dwell on that enough. So I was kind of curious about that, but so yeah, no grand grand is not a, uh, not a waterbender. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember the fire nation killed their mother. Right. My, my thing is, I guess my overarching question is like, how, who is like, how do people get these like water, these like bending abilities? Like, is that ever answered? Um, no, it just assumed, like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, I would equate it to um, being a Jedi and like being force able or whatever they oh, call it, just, it. It just kind of like, like destiny picks you. Ignoring the phantom menace, midi chlorian crap. Um, it's like, it's, it's not like Harry Potter where like, um, it's an anomaly if you are a bender that is born of two non-benders. Um, oh, it just like it just like like the magic says you. Yeah, it's okay. like it's like your chi and your connection and whatever, but only one like the avatar is a very like important like right spirit that goes through people. Um, yeah, there is no there's no rhyme or reason as to uh, who. Okay, that makes more sense because I was like, she's the only one, no one else, and I get that her tribe is small. Like I understand mm-hmm. that. And there's like literally like 12 people in it. Yeah. Um, oh God, I want to talk about this so bad, but they, that they pointed out because this is such an interesting talking point and I don't want to spoil it for you. Guess we'll have to wait till next week. Uh, okay. That's pretty much um, all I have. Cool. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you keep enjoying it and Joe gets back tonight. So I, we can, I hope we watch a few more episodes because it's driving me absolutely nuts. Um, cool. Uh, I guess that wraps it up. Hunter, uh, we're going to go right into crisis averted. Do you have anybody you want to talk to? Um, well, I guess this is finally the last week I'm going to say this. Uh, this week is graduation week for the University of Maryland. So I just want to send some shout outs and some love to all of my fellow seniors that are graduating on Friday officially. Um, though maybe not in person, it's still going to be a good time and celebrate as best you can. I know me and my friends have some, some stuff in the works for Friday evening. Um, other than that, just everybody that I know that is like full-time working are going to start full-time work as soon as they can or are currently just keep on going. Um, I'm like kind of jealous cause I wish I had something to do all day, but also at the same time relaxation is nice, but you know, whatever it, it, you're getting paid. So just, you know, silver linings, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also, uh, most of, most of my friends are graduating in this week. So, uh, congratulations to all of you. Um, I'm really happy that uh, I'm sorry that it obviously didn't work out the way you wanted to. I think I talked about this last week, but uh, it's here. It's happened. Um, You did it and you're out. And uh, I can tell you there's a lot of uh, the best days are ahead of you. Um, (laughs) Also, I want to give some love to uh, my friends, uh, Brooke and Kelly. Um, who will be moving in together? Uh, I believe I think they said at the beginning of June. So once quarantine lifts, it's pretty fun. They'll be they'll be move, living near me. As is uh, Holly, she'll be moving me, living near me pretty soon, which is pretty cool. Um, so uh, yeah, just congratulations for on everybody for moving on to uh, the next chapter of your lives. Did you? Uh, okay, you approached the mic. I thought you were going to say something. Oh no. Okay, so um, this has been. Uh, D-Rec and Hunty, thank you for listening to us talk about nerd stuff for a little over an hour and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Of Quarter Life Crisis. Bye.